Well, I'm going to dive right in. Uh, God, is, God has been speaking to me personally over this last year. And, uh, and so this Christmas, I, I want to give you a practical message. Is that okay? I want to give you a message that you can take home this Christmas and in this new year. I just hope that would, would impact your life in a powerful way. So I'm going to be in Luke chapter 1, verse 26. Uh, this is what it says. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin to be pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary, and the angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Now, Mary was greatly troubled at these words and wondered what kind of greeting might this be? But the angel said to her, do not be afraid. Mary, you have found favor with God. Uh, I want to speak to those of you today who believe that, that God doesn't have a high view of you. The Bible tells us that there is a God who is for you. There is a God who loves you. There is a God who sent his son into this world because you have his favor on your life, which is something we should celebrate in this moment, church. You have God's favor upon your life. He said, you will conceive and you will give birth to a son and you were to call him Jesus. And Mary responded at, at some point, how will this be? And for the interest of time and for your sanity with the little munchkin standing next to you, I'm going to skip down to verse 37. It says this, for no word, this is from the angel, for no word from God will ever fail. I love that. Mary answered, I am the Lord's servant. May your word, may your priorities, may your promise be fulfilled in me. At that time, this is where I'm going to hang out today. At that time, Mary got ready and hurried to the town in the hill country of Judea. Everybody turn to the neighbor next to you that you love the most and just say, hurry up. I love it. If you're watching online, put it in the chat. If you're in Ironton, come on. Now, now, turn to the person that you didn't say hurry up to and say, I'm sorry, you're not my favorite. <laughs> Too much, isn't it? All right. Verse 39, here we go. I got to rein this one in. Verse 39, at that time Mary got ready and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judea, where she entered Zachariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. Here's what I want to do in our time. Uh, I want to take a concept from this amazing book called Redeeming Your Time that I read this last year. And I want to give you a message that most of you wouldn't expect. So we're not going to do the whole Charlie Brown's Christmas thing today. I know some of you are disappointed. We're going to sing Silent Night, okay? But, but I wanted to talk about how we could reframe our thinking about what it means to be busy, not just in the Christmas season, but in this next year, as you step into the new year that God has for us. So the title of my message today is Busy But Not Hurried. Busy But Not Hurried. Can I pray for you? God, we are grateful for the work that you're about to do. We are oh so grateful that you have sent your son into this world, that we would know the forgiveness, the forgiveness and the life that you offer us. Today we celebrate that you have made yourself known to us favor, your favor is upon our lives. And it's in the powerful name of Jesus we pray this. Amen. 
Amen. Amen. You can turn to somebody next to you and say, you look great. You can be seated. Uh, I, however, do not look great. Okay? Uh, I will get to this ugly Christmas sweater in a minute. If I forget, just, just remind me, okay? But uh, if you're like us and my family, over the last couple months, we have been listening to Christmas music during dinner time. And uh, I'm a huge fan. I'm a huge fan of the old Rat Pack. You know, Frank Sinatra, Bing Crosby. And, uh, and I love that genre. Like, anybody love that genre of music? Yeah, 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 yeah. I was telling my kids, the reason I love this genre of music is because it reminds me of my grandparents. Now, during the Christmas season, my grandparents would have people over. And, and if you walked in the door, it was almost like you were witnessing free employment at the North Pole. I mean, they were busy, busy, busy elves making cookies. My, my, one of my favorites was they would make hardtack candy. And so it was this massive line of ooey-gooey goodness which smelled like cinnamon. And they would put powdered sugar on it. And oh, it was so good. My all-time favorite were the Buckeyes that they would make. Come on. You, you don't even have to be a Buckeye fan in order to love candied Buckeyes, right? Team up north, amen? Okay, cool. But, but more than the smells, more than the taste testing, what I remember the most is, is when you would walk into my grandparents' house, there was this sense of joy in the room. And the joy came because they were, they were singing. And, and, and one of the songs that takes me back to my grandparents comes from Irvin Berlin, who was reminiscing about a 1940s old-fashioned Christmas. And, and, and if you know this song, I'm just going to ask you to sing it with me. If you're in Ireton today, if you're online, would you all just sing this with me? Do you know what song I'm talking about? Would it? Anybody know? Cool, I'm going to start it and you can join me. I'm dreaming of a white Christmas just like the ones I used to know may your days be merry and bright and may all your Christmases be white wow give yourself a hand Oh, good. So I want to take those two lines in that song, and I want to ask you today, what Christmas are you dreaming of? Some of you would say, I'm dreaming of a white Christmas. And what you're dreaming of is the perfect trip up north where your kids are on their games and they're silent, and you and your significant other are having a meaningful conversation. And the next morning when you get up, you come down to a picturesque tree that is lit, the fire is burning, the coffee is warming, the kids come down in their matching pajamas that you bought them, and they are kindly and patiently waiting for the gifts that Santa has brought. And when they open them, they are deeply grateful with an attitude of gratitude for all that stands in front of them. And then and immediately after you go to the meal where the stray relative doesn't show up to talk about the things that nobody else wants to talk about. Amen. That's good stuff. That's a white Christmas. But then there's the ones you used to know. Just me? Like, like the perfect journey up north. Look at this. Perfect journey up north turns into your kids incessantly yelling at each other. He won't share. She keeps touching me. 
And then the next morning you come down and they forgot that they had matching pajamas and they come down in their dirty diapers with bad attitudes and little gratitude. And when you get to the meal, that stray relative showed up and they're talking about their new fad diet and they're poking holes in all the food that you've spent weeks prepping. <laughs> Ain't that the one you used to know? <laughs> yeah, you're shaking your head. Like, you, you get it. it, it it's, it's a fast, crazy Busy season. Do I have any newlyweds up in the house today? Any new, like you are newlywed this year. Anybody, you can point them out. Yes, I love, I love all the parents are like, right here, over here. This is so good. So I'll, can we just celebrate this first year of marriage? That's amazing stuff. Now I'm gonna quit talking to you to make this less awkward, okay? I'll talk to everybody else. But, but here's what they're going through right now. In this first year of marriage, I bet both sets of parents were saying, we both want you for Christmas. And they're saying, well, which one do we go to? We don't want them upset or angry. So we'll just go to both. So I would guess this year, maybe, just maybe, you're splitting both Christmases. If you come from a single family or you've got a blended family, Christmas for you is like a bunch of spreadsheets. You got spreadsheets to get you to all your Christmases because they were court ordered, some of them. <laughs> I would guess you're still shopping. I would guess you're getting ready for people to come over. You're hosting. Like, there are so many things that are happening in your life. And, and if you walked in through the door today, and I saw you, and I asked you how you're doing, I bet most of you would say, well, Pastor Brad, it's been a really slow season. Uh, it's been pretty boring. <laughs> Get real. I've had conversations with some of you already. Most of you come and say, I am busy. I'm busy. And this is the thing that I've been struggling with. If I could just be honest, moment of confession. I've been really bugged over the last year that when I tell people that I'm busy, that I'm supposed to feel guilty about that. <laughs> moment of confession. You may not like this. I don't like being guilty about being busy. In fact, at what point were we told that being busy was a bad thing? It's not like we're shanking people. It's not like we're stealing stuff off the shelves to wrap up and give to our relatives this Christmas. It's not like you're eating all the cookies so nobody else can get some. It's not like you're doing bad things this year. You're doing good things. You're doing meaningful things. You have priorities that you have put in place over this season that have kept you busy. And they've been really good. But the problem isn't necessarily what you're doing. The problem is how you're doing what you're doing. If I could say it this way, you might be busy, which isn't bad, but you might just be hurried, which is another set of problems. You see, busy is the external action and hurried is the internal emotion that you sense when you're doing what you do. And, and what I love about the Christmas story, and, and I know you're like, Brad, I don't see it in here. I'm gonna, I'm gonna work through it with you for just a few minutes. I love that the Christmas story teaches us to be busy but not hurried. In fact, this is why I wore the ugly Christmas sweater. You're like, Brad, why did you wear that thing? It's hideous. I know, I'm taking it off as soon as we get done. I cannot wait. But you ever notice they don't call this an ugly holiday sweater? No, they call it an ugly? Ugly Christmas sweater, why? Because Christmas <laughs> That's it. Christmas was ugly. 
Christmas was an ugly time in history. And the reason it was an ugly time is because it was a hurried time. And if you turn into Matthew chapter 2, verse 1, it said, After the birth of Jesus, in the time of King Herod, the wise men saw the star in the sky and they went to worship Jesus, who was the king. Now, if you flip over to Luke chapter 1, verse 5, it also says, In the time of King Herod, and here's what I'm getting at. In the time of King Herod, it was a hurried time. How do we know that? Because Herod was a tyrant. Herod was partly Jewish. He was appointed by the Roman Empire to be king, but everybody knew that he wasn't a real king because he was only partly Jewish. And so everybody knew that he was a fake. Even Buddy the Elf knew that Herod smelled like beef and cheese. <laughs> he was an imposter. And that meant that he was high-strung, he was fear-driven, and he would kill anybody who had a plot against his life, including baby boys under the age of two, born at the time of Jesus. This was Herod's time. It was a hurried time. And I would guess that is the experience for some of us, is you are on hurried time. I, I am preaching to myself today. I am on hurried time. Uh, hurried time is when, when you find yourself walking around the house or walking uh, when you're out doing your thing going, <sighs> you ever do this? How many of you have taken 500 deep breaths in the last two days? Anybody? <laughs> Look at y'all. <sighs> That's hurried time. Hurried time is when you can't even get a thought. Hurried time is when you can't even find the words. Hurry time is when you're thinking about work and you aren't even out of bed yet. Hurried is when you're thinking about the quantity of time and not the quality of time. See, hurried for so many of us is this moment where you wake up out of a deep sleep and you think that you're having a heart attack when you're really just having a panic attack. Hurried, hurried, can I say it this way? Hurried is the enemy of anything intentional in your life. And here's why that matters. Because the moment that hurry enters our lives, the moment that hurry enters into the priorities that God has set in our lives, we see the priorities that God has put in our lives not as opportunities, but as problems. L let me illustrate it this way. Uh, I'm going to ask Connor to lower this, this star today. Um, can we give him a hand as he does this? That's amazing. Uh, right there, that's good. Uh, right there, that's good. Yeah, yeah. So, so think about it this way. This star represents all the priorities in your life. Some of you, you own businesses. You have jobs. You have people you lead. You have families. You have kids. You have relationships and friendships. You have people that you're dating. You have education. You have college. You have all these things that are prioritized in your life that I believe that God has given to you not as a hassle, but as a gift. And when God has put these priorities in your life for you to use as an opportunity to change the world, I believe that God wants it to, to work on his time and in his way, not in our way. Now, in physics, can we talk about physics for just a second? How many of you love physics? Cool. That's what I thought. <laughs> Think about it in terms of physics. Like, the way this whole pendulum experience is supposed to work is that it's supposed to come back and almost touch my face. But in order for that to happen, in order for that to happen, I can't add any energy 
to this star whatsoever. So, so that means I have to be very careful because if I'm not careful, this might be my last message and we still have one more to go. <laughs> but, but this is how it's supposed to work when God's in charge. Oh, look at that. That's good, isn't it? See, that's how it's supposed to work. But, but then you get hurried. And, and fear, and panic, and worry, and anxiety begin to take over. And, and here's what happens. Like, there's nothing wrong with you going to a meeting. But, but how do you show up when you get to that meeting? Some of us, as I told you earlier, you don't even have time to think. And you are panicked because you aren't prepped. And what happens is we... This is supposed to be zero energy. This is God's timing. What we end up doing is we put, we put our worry into God's priorities. And you know what happens? Whew. Yeah. Do you know why that meeting was a mess? Some of you are going to be driving this, this, this Christmas to, to, to people that you love, and there are going to be people who are in the way that you don't love. You know those people who don't drive the speed limit. You know those people who don't even know that they're a speed limit. Uh, how are you when you're driving? The question is, when you're driving to wherever you're going today, how do you feel the moment they cut you off? Like, that ride is supposed to be enjoyable, but the moment that somebody cuts you off, you are suddenly frustrated. And what was meant to be a great ride suddenly becomes a frustration. Some of you are going to go to the grocery today. you still got stuff to get. Uh, and some sweet person's going to be up front, and they're going to pull out their checkbook and they're gonna balance it at the cash register. <laughs> Stop doing it! <laughs> Some of you, you, you know this though, right? You're, you're in a hurry, like you're, you're trying to get things done, you're moving things around, and all of a sudden they pull out that checkbook and you realize that you're gonna be late and you have people coming in five minutes. See, see, what I begin to realize is that for so many of us, God has given us these priorities in our lives and the moment that hurry takes over, we shift our eyes from what God wants us to focus on and we miss the meaning and the joy that God has put in front of us. And here's what I believe that God wants to give you this Christmas season. God doesn't want you on Herod's time. God doesn't want you on hurried time. God wants you on his time. And when you look in Matthew chapter 2, verse 3, it said that after Jesus was born, Herod was disturbed along with all of Jerusalem. And I believe with all my heart that God has sent his son into the world so that it could disrupt our understanding of the world's time that it has placed upon us. The world wants you to be hurried. But Jesus said, I have come to give you peace and I give you what the world cannot give you. And the reason why God wants you on his time and not on hurried time is because he needs you busy with the priorities he's put in your life. And we do that because Jesus was busy, but he wasn't hurried. Back to my ugly Christmas sweater again. It's atrocious, but it makes the point. Jesus was busy. But look at that face. That's the face of John Cena. That's the face of Stone Cold Steve. That is the face of Jesus Christ, who is not hurried. 
he is busy. And you're like, I think some of us get this misperception of Jesus. We're like, he's really this soft-spoken little guy who kind of moseys on around. You know, he does this little thing. God bless you. And blah, blah, blah. No, no, no. In John chapter 11, verse 9, the disciples, a bunch of slackers, were trying to cut the day short. And Jesus said, are there not 12 hours in the day in which we could expand the kingdom of God and live into the mission that he has given us? Like, Jesus, sorry, camera guys, you'll have to hurry up. Jesus was busy, but he was never hurried. He, he was busy healing and teaching and preaching and growing and loving and connecting and making a difference and empowering and rebuking and correcting. And, and he was leading a movement that has changed the world. But Jesus was never so much in a hurry that he was too proud for the people that God was asking him to meet. Jesus was never so hurried that he became arrogant and thought that there were people that were beneath him that he couldn't serve. Jesus was never hurried to the point where he didn't give his attention and his life to things that truly mattered. Jesus was busy, but he wasn't hurried. And what I find in Jesus' life is he was focused on the priority that God had set for his life, which was you, which is to save you from what you can't save yourself from. Do you know where he learned that? This is the part where you get to say, your mom. <laughs> I've always wanted to, his mom. <laughs> Sorry, that was really bad. In Luke chapter one, verse 39, we read it earlier. It said, at that time when Mary received the promise and the priority of God on her life, it said that she hurried off to Zechariah and to greet Elizabeth. Now, some of you are like, Pastor Brett, I'm really confused because you're saying busy but not hurried, but Mary is hurried. Aren't you grateful that we have access to the original language? It's so fun. Uh, the, the word hurried is spelled spoido, but it's pronounced like speedo. Aren't you glad we stuck with the Christmas sweater? Yeah. Speedo uh, is not hurried, it's not frantic, it's not fearful, it's not panicked, it's not deep breathing. <gasps> hurried means to, I love this, oh this is so good, speedo means to lean in to what God has revealed as a priority. Oh, that's so good. Mary is obedient to what God has revealed as most important in her life. And you know what God says to her? Don't live on Herod's time. Don't live on hurried time. Because he tells her, do not be afraid. He said, I need you focused, intentional, present, and purposeful with this son that you need to raise who will become the king of this world to save them from their sins. Mary was busy, but not hurried. 
She was relentlessly and intentionally busy raising God's son, who the Father in heaven has revealed as a priority to this world and in her life. That's what I want God to do in me. You too. You too. Uh, people ask me, they say, Pastor Brad, um, you drive like a maniac and you have a Be Hope sticker on the back of your Tahoe. What do you think you're communicating to people? <laughs> Somebody just told me it's called the Fairfield 500 here in Beaver Creek. I love that. Some of you have not gotten the memo, okay? People ask me that question. Why do you drive fast? Aren't you worried about the message that you're sending? And I said, do you drive fast? And they said, yeah. Well, you need to get a Be Hope sticker. <laughs> Why? Because, because we're not a church, as some people like to say, who, who sit on their laurels. We're not a church. We're not a group of people who like to sit back and just kind of wait for things to happen and just kind of look at what the world is doing and we kind of just go with the flow. We are God's people who understand that he has already revealed a priority in our lives, which means that we are busy and we are intentional about being somebody's first church. We are busy serving our community. Yeah, you can celebrate that. Don't let them scare you today. <laughs> You could be, we want to be busy about making Jesus the hope of this city and in Ironton and across the world. We, we want to be busy moving forward. Oh, I love that. We want to move forward. We don't want to sit back. You see, God will use somebody to fulfill his word and his promise. And if you choose not to be it, he will find somebody else. But I'm like, no, no, no. As for me and my house, as for this house, we will be busy with what God has revealed as a priority in our lives. Uh, somebody who serves on our Hope team sent me this message. And she said, people tell me that I'm too busy to be retired. And then she said this, she said, busy isn't bad. It feels good to be busy doing what God has called me to do. And this is the word I believe that God wants to give you in this season. It's for you to be intentionally busy with what he has revealed as a priority in your life. Let, let me say it this way. Be busy with the people that matter in your life, but not hurried to the point that you can experience the joy of being with them. Be busy running those crazy kids of yours around. <laughs> but not so hurried that it feels like a chore instead of an opportunity to ask questions. Be, be busy in your work and in your jobs and in your education. But don't be so hurried that it loses meaning in your life and passion. Be, be busy with, with what God has put in your life, which is a blessing but not so hurried that you forget who gave it to you. Can I leave you with two questions as we end? Two questions. You probably should write these down. These are good ones. I've been asking myself these questions over the last two weeks. Get your phone out, whatever you want to do. Or if you've got a photographic memory, just put it in the memory bank. Uh, the question I want you to wrestle with is, 
How am I doing what I'm doing? How am I doing what I'm doing? When I was hanging a mirror the other day uh, for my sweet mother-in-law, uh, I was doing it, and as I was taking deep breaths, I'm like, I'm getting ready to preach a message on not being hurried, and here I am. <gasps> and I had asked this question, how am I doing what I'm doing? Because if you can answer that, you'll know the distinction between busy and hurried. How am I doing what I'm doing? The other question that you need to ask is, why am I doing what I'm doing? The question why will show you whether it's your prerogative or whether it's God's priority. And if you want to find true meaning in this life, some of you, you come in and, and you feel empty. You don't see the future in front of you. It's because you don't, you don't know what God's priority is for you. And he wants to change that this season. God wants you busy living into his promise. He wants you busy living into what he needs to accomplish through you, but never hurried. Because that's what Jesus did for us. Uh, for those of you who I only get one time a year, I am oh so grateful that you have come into this room today. And we're so glad that you're here. I also, as a gift, want to give you your Good Friday message right before Easter today, too. <laughs> it was fascinating. When Jesus was on the cross, he was offered two different types of wine. And in the first wine, there was myrrh, and that was used as a narcotic to mask the pain that he would experience. Do you know Jesus refused to take that wine? Because he wanted to experience the full weight and pain of our mistakes, of our past, of the, the guilt that you walk in here with. He didn't want to hide any of that because he wanted to feel everything that you're going through. The second wine was a sour wine. And it, it, was, meant to, it was meant to not alleviate the pain, but keep them alive as long as possible and conscious to what was happening. And Jesus drank that wine. Because, because he wasn't in a hurry to get off the cross for you. Jesus was busy on the cross forgiving your sins, but he wasn't in a hurry so that you would know to the full extent that he went to forgive you so that you could experience the life that he wants to offer you. Oh, Jesus was busy on the cross, but he wasn't hurried because you were his greatest. You are his greatest priority. So the greatest gift you could give me, that you could give this church, that you could even give God, is simply to give your life to him on this Christmas Eve. Because when you make Jesus your hope, it changes everything for eternity. And that's our greatest desire. Yeah, amen. Church, would you stand with me in this moment? One of the things we love to do at the end of every service is to give you the opportunity to pray the prayer of salvation. We believe that when you acknowledge that Jesus Christ was, was born, he died on a cross and was raised from the grave, when you acknowledge that to be true, you were saved. And so uh, everybody in the room, and, and if you're online in Ironton today, we'll, we'll pray this prayer together. But maybe this will be your first time. 
would just ask you, would you, would you make that decision today so that you could step into what God has for you in this next season? Let's pray this together. Lord, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Savior of the world, that he gave his life to forgive my sins, and he was raised from the grave so that I may have life. I receive your grace by faith. Come into my life. I will follow you. Amen. 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 Hey, if you made that decision today, text the live to 77222 and have a Merry Christmas. Be hope we have